Typically hazardous. Welcome to the podcast. This is Hank Fortner. So glad to have you. We have an amazing episode ready for you today. But before I do that, I want to tell you some things that are going on. The first one is if you want to stay in the know on things that are happening, what we're creating, where I'm going to be speaking, all those things, I'm inviting you to join my email list. Now that's very easy to do. You can go to hankfortner.com, just punch in your email list and you're in. Or right now, wherever you are, you can text the number 66866. Text that number and just put in the word Hank and you'll be prompted to join the email list. If you are driving, please do not text. Wait until you pull over. You can remember this. It's a very easy number, 66866. That'll keep you in the know on everything. I send an email no more than once a week. It's not spammy and if it's a waste of your time, you can unsubscribe very easily. So join and it's totally, totally easy and free. Now, there are a couple things I want to let you know about. The first one is a thing I do called stuff on my desk. This is a very serious thing that I do. It's not uh, spammy or made up or anything. This is actually stuff on my desk. So what I do is I look at my desk every time I'm recording these episodes and I pull together the things that are on my desk. I take a picture of them. And if you receive the emails, you get them in the emails or right now I'm gonna tell you about them. The first one is a book I highly recommend for 2017. It's called Cracked Not Broken, written by a man named Kevin Hines, who I met this summer. I met him in San Jose, which is really important because he is known for the guy who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge to commit suicide and survived. This is his true story. It's unbelievable. His journey to get back to wholeness and to get back to health was incredible. I met him this year. And he's just an incredible guy. And we had a we geeked out over World Adoption Day because he jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. I made World Adoption Day. We really, you know, very similar things. No, his journey is totally incredible. And I highly recommend you checking him out. He'll be on the podcast later this year. Secondly, my family is kind of obsessed with this thing called Wheat Belly. It basically means that wheat is killing us all. And so I've got the Wheat Belly cookbook is literally sitting on my desk. So I have a picture of it written by a guy named William Davis that essentially what we're trying to do is eliminate wheat from our diet because the wheat that we have known as a human species does not exist anymore. Most of it's like GMOs and packed into things, and it's really hurting us. My family's losing incredible amounts of weight, having unbelievable health benefits just by eliminating wheat from our diet. So I'm a true believer. We're eliminating wheat. We haven't seen anything crazy. No one's losing lots of weight or growing back eyeballs or anything, but hey, it's really good stuff, and the food isn't too bad, and you know you're eliminating something nasty. So... It's moving us to a better place. The third thing I want to tell you about is a thing by a guy named Science Mike. It's a book. It's a thing. It's a book called Finding God in the Waves. This is a book that was written by a guy named Science Mike who will be on the podcast pretty soon. We spent an hour together. Whatever you think about a guy named Science Mike, whatever you read about in his book, my favorite thing that he talks about is the dynamic between doubt and faith and his approach to doubt and faith. Really, really powerful. He was a guy who didn't believe that there's possibly a God that could exist. And now he's a guy who finds God everywhere, even in the waves. So highly recommend you check out his book. And if I'm in a hurry, by the way, I'm in a hurry because I'm about to go celebrate my birthday party. So I'm on my way to my own birthday party, which is very exciting. I'm turning 35 tomorrow and I'm heading on a plane, headed to South Florida. So I'll be posting some more about that. So you may be listening to this while I'm on a plane talking about airplanes which is really great. And then the last thing I want to tell you about before I buzz off to celebrate my 35th birthday with a bunch of my closest and dearest is there's this thing called a hydro flask. Now, I just found this thing while I was um, on a ski trip in Park City. 
It's amazing. This thing can keep your coffee hot. This thing tucks into your jacket. This thing's incredible. Maybe I'm the only guy to ever discover like a miniature thermos, but I love it. I don't know the guys at Hydroflask. I don't know if they're bad people. You can tweet at me if they are. That'd be really great, but I love this thing, and it's amazing, so I wanted to tell you guys about it. I hope you're awesome, and I hope your life is so adventurous, and I hope this podcast adds to the adventures and equips you for the adventures in your life. You're amazing. Join our email list, 66866. Text the name Hank. And until I talk to you again, please enjoy this episode of Typically Hazardous. Good morning, Typically Hazardous. This is Hank Fortner, and today we're going to have a conversation about airplanes. Do you ever wonder what your life would be like? What will you wish you would have done? Get after it already. What's life without a little adventure? We get one chance. Best live a big life. The exploration of the unknown. The hope for something more. This behavior can be classified as typically hazardous. I call it an adventure. Welcome. Let's get started, shall we? Today I want to get bizarrely practical. And I mean like really bizarrely practical. So if you're driving to work and you never get on airplanes or never ever ever fly or intend to fly on an airplane ever, then skip this episode or send it to someone who does. I want to have a conversation with you about some practices and some tools and some tricks that I've learned to fly over 350,000 miles a year and never get sick. Now I want to be clear. I spent years of my life, every time I would get on an airplane, I would get a sniffle, I would get a cough, I would get a something, I would get sick every time I flew, and then I would get home and get a sore throat and go, oh yeah, it was because I was on an airplane. Well, once I started implementing some of the things we're going to talk about, I don't get jet lag and I don't get sick anymore. So this isn't like things that I discovered myself. I didn't experiment for tens and tens of years. I did what I always do which is spend a lot of time reading and a lot of time Googling and finding the smartest people in the world about this very thing. And of course, there's people who've done research on this, and so I collated it for you. So in these moments, what I didn't realize is I'm putting together the episode that I wish I had had 10 years ago when I started traveling for my work. So here's what I want you to do, is I want you to take a deep breath. (sighs) Maybe that was for me, maybe that was for you, but we are gonna dive into the adventures of airplane travel. It's really important that we have this conversation because no matter whether you're going, I don't want tricks to learn how to fly or I don't fly that much, whether you fly because you're going to see your family members for Christmas or whether you fly for work no matter what it is, my goal through this podcast is to give you the tools to land in your best state of mind and best state of body. Because there's this bizarre thing where we can think sometimes that our spiritual experience or our human experience or our relational experience is not tied and connected to the state of our mind and the state of our body. The reality is how you land and who you are and the kind of quality of conversation that you have when you get there is all based on the state of your body and your mind. And I'll say all, that's 99% true. Whether you're having a good interaction with your in-laws when you land at your family vacation, or you're having a good interaction with your kids, or you have a good vibe of peace and happiness with your family, or you and your business negotiation is in a good place or a bad place, much of that is determined by what's happening inside of your mind and body. So the 
motivation that I have to dive into this conversation is I wish someone had gone back and told me and said, you need to be really, really, really intentional about how you get on and off airplanes because that's going to have a big impact on the kind of guy you are when you land in that place and when you meet those people and when you are with your kids and when you are with your wife. So this conversation is going to dive into a few different things. We're going to talk about what happens to your brain, what happens to your body, and what physically happens to you when you're on an airplane and how to avoid disaster. Here we go. So not to make you like a Purell germaphobe of any kind, but when you travel, you need to become a Purell germaphobe. The most important thing to note is that 20% of people who get onto airplanes are more likely to get an infectious disease, cold, and I'm not saying disease like you're going to walk away with H1N1, although you're actually 7.1% likely to get H1N1 if you sat next to a person who has H1N1, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get some kind of crazy swine flu. It just means you're going to get the sniffles, the cold, the the, the cough, the sore throat, you're going to get these things. 20% of people, that means in a row of five people, one of them is getting off that airplane sick. So the important thing is to actually step in and realize that you may not be like me, and just a little moment on me, I carry Purell in my car. I have Purell in my every jacket that I own. I have Purell around my house, Purell all over the place. I use Purell on pretty much every part of my body, except I also put it all over my phone and my credit cards because right around the holidays, you know, everybody's touching your credit card. I don't want that. I don't want their, don't put that stank in my life. So I Purell everything. I want you to become a Purell-aholic when you get on an airplane. And here's why. Because of that one in five factor, what you're actually doing is you're engaging with germs that your body and your ecosystem is not used to. Your immune system is not used to a lot of the things that when this guy just got off a plane from Hong Kong, this guy got off the plane from Buenos Aires, and you guys touch the same door handle, the same bathroom, the same thing, you might look at the airplane and go, ah, oh, it's relaxing. There's chairs and seats and everything. That's right. And hundreds of people have been inside of that very seat that you're sitting in without them cleaning it. So what's happening is that you are sitting in what's basically a, a parking lot. Imagine that you would be driving down the road and your car was pulling into a parking spot. Hundreds of cars have been in that same parking spot. And everywhere their tires have been have now filled that parking spot. And that parking spot is now filling up with this layers of sediment because all the cars where all the tires have been are there. You are in that spot and now your hands are touching those things. And then that's touching your eye and touching your nose and all these other orifices where you can actually get those things. So... If I haven't freaked you out to the point of, oh my gosh, I'm in a germophobia, you're in a Petri dish when you walk on an airplane. Be aware of this. It begins when you get into the airport. When I start walking into the airport, I whip out the Purell. If I touch anything, especially around security where I put all my stuff in those bins that they never clean. No airport in America cleans those bins with any disinfectant. So those bins have everybody's shoes and everybody's stuff and the phones. As soon as stuff comes out of the bins, we start hitting it with Purell. When you start going with Purell, anything that you touch, you got to walk with Purell. Now, I get made fun of for this, but what's also important is that to get away from the tunnel of doom that is the airplanes, you have to bring those Purell wipes. So these are like the disinfectant wipes. The minute I get to my seat in my airplane, I am like lathering that sucker. you got to hit the pocket. You've got to hit the tray that comes down. You've got to hit the window and the glass because, again, you're surrounded by things you're going to be breathing in and touching that hundreds of people from hundreds of different cities around the globe have laid their little sediment all around you, and you wanted that to be a peaceful, wonderful space. Find a Purell that smells right for you. Get it going. Now, there's this weird 
mythology that I grew up with that if a man coughs in the 30th row, it goes into the air filter, and then that air, air above you is going to somehow blow his cough right on you in row six, which hopefully if you have status, or if you're like me and you fly hundreds of thousands of miles, hopefully you got up to row six, right? So you're in row six, but actually that isn't true. See, what's happening when you turn on the air of your airplane is that you are pumping 99.9% clean air. It's a HEPA air filter. It's what they use in like, like nuclear chemical plants to stave away from like nuclear ions in the air. So this is great. So what you'd want to do is you want to turn the air on, and I read this in an article once, that don't let it blow on you or actually cool you off and it will mess with your, um, with your nasal passages. You want it to blow right in front of you so that everything that you're breathing is fresh air. You want it blowing in front of you so there's always fresh air in, in front of your face as you're breathing that in. The next thing to always remember, not only is the Purell and the wipe down and the fresh air, but stick to your own stuff. If they hand you a blanket or offer you a pillow, they are offering you another Petri dish that you can rub your face all over and get germs into your eyeballs. So use your own sweatshirt, use your own stuff, use your own things. Stay clear of those. One of the things that is really important for me to not get sick and to not put things in my body that my body isn't used to is uh, stay clear of the water on the airplanes. Most of the water tanks on the airplanes are never actually emptied and they're never actually filtered. That water that is filtered prior to going into the airplane tank but is not filtered coming out of that airplane tank to you. So if they landed in Erville, Iraq, for example, and they refilled their water tank, you don't know what the filtration is like there, and then they brought that to JFK, you got on that same airplane, and then they are making your coffee and filling up your water cup with that same water that you don't have any context. Plus, it's being mixed and mixed and mixed. So if that water's in there, that tank could potentially be infected for weeks or months or even years because it just stays in that ecosystem because water just keeps getting added it'll keep getting diluted but it's still in there when they make coffee on airplanes the water is not actually hot enough to boil out any things that are wrong so don't drink the coffee don't drink the tea and only drink water that you watch them open if they bring you a tray if they bring you a a pitcher that they pour into a cup that is that's water right out of a spigot with water from god knows where don't say yes to that stuff. So come prepared. Bring something to lay on so you don't need the pillows. Bring the, something to wipe everything down so that you don't have to touch everybody else's disease. Bring your own water. Bring your own things. Bring your own food so that you don't have to touch anything that's gotten sort of the nastiness. The last one is a little bit harder in terms of staying away from the Petri dish that is an airplane is the bathrooms. The bathrooms are like a cesspool of just disease. So you want to stay away from the bathrooms. Not only are they not properly cleaned, but people are careless and sloppy and falling all over the place. And it's just, it, it, you don't have to imagine this. Just know that it's disgusting. As much as it depends on you as a human being, don't go into the bathroom. That means you got to stop by the bathroom. When, it, when, the, when the plane starts boarding, I look for the nearest bathroom and I go, I'm hitting the bathroom first because there's no way I'm going into that little cesspool where I wish I could just walk through and have those like steam showers that they use in ET. You know, when you walk through the thing and they spray you off, that's what I really want, wish would happen. And that's actually what you need to have happen to you when you come out of a lavatory. So steer clear of the bathroom. If you're not having like a, a, a physical experience, then stay out of the bathroom. Don't do it. Walk around, do whatever you got to do, but steer clear of that. That is how you steer clear and stay healthy in the Petri dish that is an airplane. The next thing to remember is that your body 
goes through hell and back when you're on an airplane. The first thing you need to know is that your body is stepping into a compression experience, meaning what they're doing is they're pressurizing the cabin, and that's having a great effect on your body. When you get into a pressurized cabin, your body is immediately going to start dehydrating itself. It means that over a three to four hour flight, you are losing about an, a liter and a half of water just by breathing. So when you're breathing, you're off-gassing and it's pulling. The air is insanely dry inside of an airplane because it is artificial air. Now, because it's artificial air, it's not doing what normal air in life does, which is let you breathe in a sort of humidified air. That's not the case. So your body is being pulled about a liter and a half of water for every three to four hour flight. What that means is that your body operates at a dehydrated state. One of the most dangerous places for your body in terms of health, in terms of immune system, and in terms of mental clarity is dehydration. If you've ever even been midday at work and you're like, man, I just feel so foggy. I just feel like this is terrible. This is usually after lunch while your body is digesting and dehydrating itself because it's pulled fluids to now take care of you. Many times when you're mentally foggy or not mentally clear, you're actually dehydrated. What's happening is that that is accelerated in an unbelievable way so that when you land, you're going to land and the first handshake you have with your Uber driver or with the meeting that you have or with your family member is you're functioning dehydrated. It means you're more likely to be irritable and more likely to be mentally foggy and it means you're more likely to be exhausted or tired. You're going to have that heavy sort of drowsy feeling. Now, additionally, not only is the dehydration going to make you feel drowsy, but the pressure is going to make you feel drowsy. That pressure on your sinuses has this strange effect on both me and my dad. And I think it might be uh, hereditary, but maybe this is you too. The minute they start pressurizing an airplane, I feel like someone has just stuck me with a tranquilizer. I just start to like, my eyes start to hang off my face and I just go, I need to lay down for a second and I will fall asleep before we take off. Now that pressure is creating that experience on your mind and on your brain and what's happening is if you get onto like a we'll just say a smaller crappier airplane when you're on those smaller airplanes a lot of times their cabins are less sophisticated which means that when you're up at 27,000 feet they're trying their best to make it feel like it's 10,000 or 8,000 feet but really your body might be experiencing about 12,000 feet of elevation based on the pressure and the air quality so you're dealing with a mild form of altitude sickness but if I placed you on a 12,000-foot mountain, the first thing you would do is go, I need to get a lot of rest, I need to drink a lot of water, and I need to be aware of what's happening to my body. We get on airplanes, and we're ignorant of that. We get on airplanes, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm just, I should be on my phone. Why am I tired? What am I? The expectation that your body is going to be going to a high elevation is really essential as you get on an airplane and think about your body. Because you have to be thinking, I'm going to need a liter and a half of water before I get on the airplane. And then when I land, I'm, then that, that gets me to zero. And then when I land, I still need to hydrate because my body is still in that dehydrated state and I'm going to need another liter and a half of water. You should chug and be sick, sipping and be drinking tons of water going in. Now, additionally, when we travel, oftentimes that means we're going to experience about a 20% uptick in caffeine. At least that's what experts are saying, that you get use and consume 20% more caffeine. I know I do. I'll get a coffee on my way in. Caffeine is a wonderful drug that does amazing things to us, but is just a total butthole when it comes to your hydration. Caffeine dehydrates you because what it does is it forces your body. So if you drink a lot of caffeine, you'll notice that your pee is super yellow and that you're really dehydrated. So that caffeine that's waking you up is also dehydrating you to make you more mentally foggy. So important to match every cup of coffee with another half liter of water. 
So if you're having coffee and you're getting on an airplane, your biggest enemy is dehydration. Don't let it happen. Your body will be more susceptible to getting sick. You will be more susceptible to landing and being a jerk. You will be more susceptible to yelling at your kids or getting in a fight with your wife. And you could have solved the whole thing by realizing, hey, I'm going to a high elevation. I'm climbing flipping Everest in the way that my body's going to feel. So I better drink a lot of water and get a lot of rest and match every cup of coffee that I have with a little bit of water so that I can land and be the best version of myself. That is what's happening to your body on an airplane. Now, one of the things that's really important to realize when it's happening to your body that I thought initially was a threat, but it turns out that it's not as big of a threat as I thought, is radiation. There was a common myth that radiation exposure was actually at a toxic level when you fly on airplanes. When I've dug deeper into this, I've realized that you and I are not actually at a radiation risk that we should be concerned about when it comes to being on airplanes. So I know that I've just introduced maybe something that worried you, and I'm now relieving you of that thing that worried you. Let me be the one who's worried and I will dig around and I will pass that back to you. Unless you are pregnant and flying over 100 hours a month between US and Buenos Aires or US and Tokyo, you're safe. That's kind of the only time where you would get into that high radiation zone because you'd been putting yourself in too much of the thin airspace where the sun's radiation can expose you. The highest, worst radiation zones are U.S. to Buenos Aires and U.S. to Tokyo. So if possible, do that when you are going to be flying at night, when the sun is on the other side of the Earth, if possible. But again, if you're not doing it more than 100, 100 hours a month and you're not pregnant, then you're probably going to be just absolutely fine. The big thing when being on an airplane for me is the mindset. When I walk into an airplane, it's really important to step into it with the mindset of what I'm going to accomplish on this airplane, what's going to be there. Sometimes I tell myself like, oh, I'm going to do that on the plane. I'll do that on the plane. I'll do that on the plane. And check this out. I almost never do that on the plane because there's movies and there's Wi-Fi and there's getting work done and then there's resting and sleeping and dehydration and the pressurized tiring. Sometimes you just have to lower your expectations of what you can accomplish on the airplane and see it as this like wonderful thing. It's been helpful to me, not only not getting sick and not being exhausted and not being tired, but what's been really helpful to me is to get on the airplane, of course with a lot of things that need to get done, of course with a lot of emails I need to send, or of course with lots of things that I go, okay, I can be productive on this flight. But a lot of times I just sit there and as soon as you get into the seat, ask yourself this question, what is this airplane going to give me? Is this airplane going to give you a couple hours of productivity and emails where that's just sort of firing off and your brain works? Amazing. Do it. The other question may be that you're, this airplane might be just giving you a couple of movies that you were like, hey, I kind of wanted to see that, but I wasn't going to pay for it, but it's free. Maybe this airplane is just going to give that to you. Maybe this airplane is actually going to give you the hours of sleep that your body has been needing for a long time. Maybe it's going to give you a tunnel and a zone where you don't have to listen or hear people text you or call you or anything. Maybe this airplane is going to give you a stranger next to you who's going to be amazing. Maybe you're going to meet someone you're going to date or marry. Or maybe you're just going to be surrounded by crazy people smelling the B.O. of the guy next to you. And you're just going to get the gift from the airplane of how to be centered in a time of kind of suckage. Of things where things are just not going well for you. Maybe that's the case. But that's always the question I ask myself is what is this airplane going to give me? Is it going to give me creative ideas I'm going to write down? Is it going to give me moments of productivity? Am I going to be on my phone playing my game? Am I going to be sleeping? Am I going to be watching a movie? 
lowering your expectations when you go in because you don't know the pressure of that cabin. You don't know how your body's going to respond. So you need to hold that really loosely. If you get onto airplanes with kids, the only thing I have to say to you is, may God have sweet, sweet mercy on your soul. Being in airplanes with kids may be the worst thing that you can do to not only take all the things we've just talked about when it comes to germs and dehydration and the pressure of your body and life and soul and radiation, and now I want to throw you children. So here's what I want us to do as a society of people and as people who are in the tribe of people who believe in adventure. When you see someone get on an airplane with kids, just start a slow clap for those people. And just go, I, you are amazing and you're dehydrated. If you can, bring them a bottle of water. Give them something. Hand them an iPad that you have. Whatever it is, we should support each other on airplanes. Because, dear God, we're all on that same Petri dish flying across the ocean and being exposed to radiation and being dehydrated. We should be for each other. So when you see a guy with a kid, when you see a woman with a kid who's dragging a kid or a backpack down the aisle, slow clap with her. Send her positive vibes. Send him a positive smile. Give it to him because we need to support families. Let's do that together. The next thing that I like to do is I like to ask people whenever I'm around. One of the things that's been really helpful for me is I've mastered this art of of flying on airplanes for, for me. I've mastered the art for myself. I don't get sick. I feel very productive. I'm able to do about 350,000 miles a year without any major life-melting experience. But here's the deal. I'll always, 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 no matter how much I learn about air travel or get into a groove, when I'm sitting with someone, I always ask them, what's your secret of travel? When you go on an airplane, what do, you, do you have tricks? Do you have things going on? Now, naturally, I tend to be the guy who volunteers way more advice than a person wants. But in this case, I got to sit down with my man, my expert, my friend, board member for Adopt Together, lawyer, restaurateur. This dude does everything you can possibly imagine. He owns a jewelry company. He owns 12 or 13 restaurants. He owns bars, burger joints. He's amazing. His name is Charles Liu, and I sat down with him at an Indian restaurant recently and asked him about his experience on flying on airplanes and what tricks and tips he had for the rest of us because this guy, if you can imagine it, probably flies more than all of us combined who are listening to this, and he had some really interesting things to say. So let's dive in and let's listen in to what Charlie says about flying on airplanes. Charlie, thanks for being with me. We are sitting here at Indian Food. Uh, at an Indian restaurant. So if you hear p- dishes clanking in the background, which always find its way into the microphone, uh, just know we had some amazing chicken tea masala. Delicious Indian food. Vegan for all of you vegans out there. We we would never eat an animal no. at an Indian restaurant. Um, so, Charlie, you're on over 100 flights a year. When you get on airplanes, we know that airplanes, af- in this episode we've discussed how airplanes affect our bodies, how airplanes affect our minds, how air- airplanes can actually affect our experience. What have you learned being on 100 airplanes a year? And what tricks and what tools have, do you use personally to stay healthy while you fly? Right. So airplanes, super interesting for me. A couple, couple things I always do. Uh, super simple one, stay hydrated. Right. You, you've talked about it. We're going to talk about it. It's, it's always going to come up. It's the most simple thing. Drink a bunch of water. Get on the plane. Drink a bunch more water, preferably bottled water. Uh, one of the things I love doing is is a emergency vitamin C packets. I always bring them. Always. I drink multiples of them when I'm traveling because replace electrolytes, overload of vitamin C, keeps me from getting sick. And I just noticed when I land, I just feel infinitely better if I chug a couple emergencies. So that's one thing I always do. A um, couple little tricks that I do for traveling. All of my traveling is 
not all of it, but primarily business related. So mm-hmm. obviously you're going to show up, you know, you can't always look fabulous. We can't always look, you know, perfect beard like you, Hank. So perfect hair, perfect beard. So, you know, a uh, couple things I always bring. Your hair always looks perfect. My Charlie. hair does always look good. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's <laughs> bald. For those of you who can't see it, he is shorn. His, his head is shorn. I like that. Shorn, definitely. So that's uh, courtesy of uh, Gillette Mach 4. Right? <laughs> there you so go. I always bring And if Gillette, Gillette if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, you can email me, Hank. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> me at HankFortner.com. So Gillette Mach 4, Mach 4 uh, emergency. Always bring a handheld steamer. Uh, I don't know what it is about ironing. It might be my technique. I might just not be the best ironer in the world. But I bring this handheld steamer. My suits always look incredible. I don't burn anything. There's never any weird It's a handheld lines. steamer. Does yeah, it fit, in your, fit in your carry-on? It's, it's tiny, Hank. It's, it's the size of... What brand is it? And we'll, we'll, um, we'll link to them on the blog. You know, I'll have to get back to you on that. I don't remember. Circle back. We'll, I will. Whatever it is, guys, we will link to that handheld steamer it's on the blog. It's, it, it sounds funny, and, and I don't want to sound too dramatic, but it's really been like life-changing for me <laughs> because I always show up looking like my stuff just came out of a dry yeah, cleaner, right. which is super important. That's you epic. Know, and I always try to figure out how to get that. Like, the like, does this hotel have an iron? And is totally. the iron going to make, like, weird rust streaks on my exactly. shirt? And, like, is water going to be everywhere? And you've got the ironing board. And if you're sharing a hotel room with your kids or your wife or whatever, you're like, geez, this thing's going to get knocked over. Yeah, I'm going to hot iron. I'm going to burn my there. hands. Yeah. So oh, this, hand this steamer. handheld steamer, and it's, it's again, it's tiny. I'll get you the name. It's been an absolute game changer for me. Love it. So that's another thing. Okay. Sunglasses. Always bring a pair of sunglasses. Every time I fly, dual purpose. One, this sometimes it's sunny or it's too bright in a plane and I want to make it darker, so I throw my sunglasses on. Uh, second purpose is a lot of times when I find myself traveling and flying that much, I'm tired and my eyes are hurting and I want to get some sleep. So, you know, throw the sunglasses on, totally helpful. So Look sunglasses. Uh, another thing I always bring is... Uh, a hoodie. I always fly in a hoodie. Really? Yeah, always fly in a hoodie. Wow. I, I know you don't feel sloppy in a hoodie? I like I just feel like a slob sometimes I when I'm wearing a hoodie. Man. You know, the thing for me with flying is when I fly, and there was a really interesting article actually on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, and it was a guy writing about how he always dresses in a suit, a tie, handkerchief square while he's flying. And I thought it was really interesting because I loved his perspective. But for me, flying's all about comfort. It yeah, really right. is. I, I, I get on the plane, I have a hoodie, I can throw my hoodie up if I, if I just need to uh, politely ignore the person next to me that's chatting too much, if I don't need to. You throw know, the hoodie up. I, yeah, so I like it's that. totally easy. Again, traveling for me is comfort. I'd spend too much time on a plane to be sitting worried about the crease of my pants or you know, my shirt. Or and a lot of times a suit that fits you right does not feel good to lay down in or sit down in. Like, no, it's not. No. It's the wrong fit for that unless you're wearing doesn't your dad's suit. Right. That's and not going to feel good. And then the thing I realized, too, is because I did fly a couple times in suits in the beginning, you get on, on the plane, the lady takes your jacket, she puts it in the closet, and now I'm sitting with a shirt <laughs> that's getting wrinkly. With the a tie, tie that's choking that's you. Choking Buttons me. pulling your your right. chest apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm it's sitting terrible. down, so the, the shirt's being pulled out. So when I get up and I walk, and I'm going to have this miraculous meeting that's going to change my life with the guy in seat 2A or whatever it is, I look like crap anyway. Yeah, so right. I may as well yeah, just totally. be in, a, in my hoodie and be comfy. Yeah, so. you look like you woke up in that suit, yeah. which is likely that you woke up in that exactly. suit. Exactly. When you're on the plane yeah. and when you have a five-and-a-half-hour flight yep. and there's no Wi-Fi, Yep. What do you do? I love it. 
How do you love that? I love it because it's it's actually five and a half hour reprieve from all the craziness in my life. So Can, so do you sleep? I What's your go-to? Do you sleep? sleep? Do you read? Can you? I'm, I'm not good sleeper, period, so I don't really sleep. I read. I write. Um, I sit there and I think. Uh, there's an app, Headspace, that mm, I play yeah, around okay. with. Cool. Um, I love it. It's it's whatever that amount of time is. It's that one hour, two hour, three hour, five hour. It's like really essentially the only me time that I ever, ever get because which Even, we'll talk about on a separate yeah. podcast about healthy rhythms, but yeah. Right. So I, I love it. Like I, you're untouchable at thirty six thousand feet. So right. yeah, give me give me the Wi Fi going out. <laughs> give me, uh, you know, I'm okay with it. Got it. Anyway. That's great. Well, I'm so glad Charlie joined us, and I'm so glad we had a chance to sit through and talk through those things. If you're listening to this and you're going, why would Hank do an entire podcast about flying on airplanes? It's very simple. Your mind, your body, and your spirit. Your relationships, your experience, the way you are in the world is all connected. It's all tied. If you are dehydrated, you are going to be less than your best husband, less than your best wife, less than your best self, less than your best you. If you don't aren't aware of what's happening on airplanes, you are going to enter into that city that you've just stepped out onto, not as who you are, not as your best self. So I want to invite you to join us into stepping into the information about these airplanes, acknowledging that every time you get on an airplane, it's a Petri dish full of disease. So be prepared. If you walked into a laboratory where they said, yeah, we, we mix infectious diseases here, you would take preparation. So when you go into the airplane be prepared. If you were going to be placed onto a a mountaintop and said, hey, yeah, this is about 15,000 feet, which is how your body feels when it's being pressurized at a cabin that's actually at 30,000 feet. Your body experiences 15,000 feet. You would prepare. You'd go, man, I'm going to need a lot of water. I bet I'm going to need some snacks. I better pee beforehand so I don't go into the other Petri dish that is the bathroom. Be prepared. When we are prepared and when you go into that space, my hope is that you spend less days sick less days with a sore throat, less days with the snivels because you were prepared going onto that airplane. My hope is that you would hear this and that you would say all the adventures in my life that involve airplanes, I now feel just a little more prepared for so I can be a better dad, a better husband, a better mom, a better boss, a better human being because I figured out what happens to my body on airplanes. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being a part of the podcast. My name is Hank Fortner, and you can follow me on Twitter at Hank Fortner. You can find me on Instagram at Hank, and you can find me on Facebook, obviously, at Hank Fortner as well. And then you can join our email list simply by texting 66866, text the name Hank, or go to hankfortner.com for all things to find. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. May you live a typically hazardous life.